action. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Your Average Critic, joined currently just by Obi. Uh, he also might join us later. Obi? Who's? Obi? Hello? Hello. Did you hear what uh, I was saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I couldn't hear you. And then all I heard was like, boo. Something. <laughs> So there we go. Technical problems already. Um, <laughs> so I was just saying, yeah, Chris might join us later, but who knows? The usual spiel. Um, is there any film news? Because it's been about a month since we. Um, um, I did hear a rumor that Robert Downey Jr. might play Tony Stark in the Black Widow film. I saw that. I saw apparently um, they're going to use uh, deleted footage from Civil War or something like that. Oh, so he's not actually going to film new stuff. That's what I heard. I don't know if if that's obviously. I don't know if that's truth. But I mean, I was thinking if he if he did make a cameo in it, then would it make sense? Like I don't know who who recruited her to a shield or whatever. It was Nick Fury, but she was uh, in Iron Man too, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they did know each other then. But then I was sort of getting the impression that this film would be even before that mm. that's so what I thought not quite sure um, uh, in other superhero related news we've got the full cast list for The Suicide Squad um, which James Gunn tweeted out yeah did you see that? I did see that what do you think? a few, few interesting additions there obviously confirmed Idris is going to be in it which we all Pretty much new anyway. Um, presuming John he's Cena. going to be Deadshot, is that right? Or there is he was... going to play another character? So I think, yeah, so it's either he's going to play Deadshot and he's going to take Will Smith's role, or he's going to play um, a character called Bronze Tiger, who's appeared in Arrow a few times. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe they're going to give him like a whole... I kind of hope they do give him like a new character, because I quite liked Will Smith, so if he ever wanted to come back one day, then it would still be open for him kind of thing. Yeah. This film is um, strange to me because I've seen a lot of reports and it's like it's not going to be a quite a sequel, but mm. it's not necessarily going to be a reboot. But then yeah. you've got people like Viola Davis, um, Jai Courtney, Margot Robbie, um, you know, uh, who's the guy that plays Rick Flagg, Joel Kinnaman. Like yeah. reprising their roles, so that sort of makes me think it is a sequel. But then, how much are they gonna kind of ignore what happened in Suicide Squad? Yeah, it's a I strange one. I feel like they're just gonna make the film, and then any like inconsistencies that we have, they're just gonna be like tough shit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair um, I'm curious to see who John Cena is gonna play, um, and I'm sur- I'm surprised it took him this long to get like a superhero typeish role. Yeah, I see him as like like the rock light kind of thing. So I'm surprised he hasn't been in something yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was in that Transformers thing, so maybe he's building oh, yeah. pedigree. Yeah. Um, but David Dastmalchian, he's popped up in. Um, Did I pronounce it? I I don't know to be honest. I thought it was David Dastmalchian. <laughs> I have no idea. We could go with whatever. David, if you're listening, tell us how it's pronounced. I like your way better, um, But he was in The Dark Knight, very briefly. Mm. So I wonder if he's playing the same character. Probably not. Um, Flula Borg, 
that's a strange casting. He's more of like a comedian. Um, Nathan Fillion has got some sci-fi background. Oh, okay. um, Sean Gunn's in everything James Gunn does, as is Michael mm. Rooker. Um, Peter Capaldi. Are they, huh? Are they going to be in it? Yeah, they're in the cast list. Oh, shit, I didn't even see that. That's good. I like them. I like uh, Michael Rooker. Pete Davidson, fresh after his uh, Ariana Grande breakup, is yep. in it. Storm Reed, who was in that quite bad Ava DuVernay film um, where she like travels in time. A Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time, yeah. Um, Taika Waititi, bridging the uh, yeah. Marvel DC gap. So there's, there's quite a good cast there, but there's no sort of... Apart from the ones that we presume they're playing the same characters, um, mm. there's no other kind of characters being announced. Not even a plot. Interestingly, yeah. no Jared Leto. That's what I was thinking. So no Joker. Possibly not, unless they're sort of hiding his casting for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they they oh. sort of DC. I quite respect the way DC is sort of just like, do you know what? We're not too worried about the world building anymore. We're just gonna yeah do these films. I like it because it's kind of like okay we're not going to compete with Marvel because they're just like out of this world kind of thing. So we're just going to kind of do our own thing. And obviously I appreciate they did try to kind of compete with Marvel and do their version of like Avengers kind of flopped. Um, so they were just like, all right, we'll lick our wounds and we'll go again kind of thing. And we'll just do our own, our own films. And then if yeah. maybe one day we want to do just thing again, the doors open, but we're not going to force anything. So, yeah, I mean, they can do things that, they're not restricted by like the PG-13 because obviously Joker's rated R we presume yeah. 15 oh, man, I've heard some dark dark shit about Joker oh really? fucking hell yeah I've heard like people are like, literally like disturbed by the film like by the end of it like and like stuff like it's not, people say like they're like it's not sitting right with them kind of thing like oh. in a, yeah but I don't know if that's in a good way or if it's in a bad way like well, that apparently this was fucking is quite mad <laughs> The trailers make it look like we'll sort of sympathise with Joker a bit because he's mm. like, and obviously the trailers haven't really re- revealed too much at all, which is probably for the best. Yeah. Um, but it sort of looks like he's a bit of a kind of pathetic figure and that we should feel sorry for him. And then, yeah. you know, but yeah. I reckon um, that, that'll be how we start off it as. And then it's going to be like, there's going to be like a point of no return. We're like, oh shit, like this has gone too far kind of thing. And we can't yeah. really feel sympathise with the character. It's certainly an interesting um, proposition. And uh, Todd Phillips, um, who is an interesting choice to write and direct it anyway, considering his mm. background is in comedy with The Hangover and that. Um, mm-hmm. He said that this is a film Marvel would never be able to make. And that's sort yeah. of, I guess, now the restrictions are lifted. You know, DC sort of characters are fundamentally a bit darker anyway aren't they um yeah it's a bit more gritty we certainly your gothams anyway your gotham related characters yeah uh, and also i can't remember what film it was before oh it was before it chapter two so i don't know if you'd have seen it but the fantabulous emancipation of harley quinn or whatever the fuck it's called yeah it's a prey film the trailer release for that um i think i've seen it but, but... they they didn't release it online, so that it was just a cinema-only thing. Um, yeah. It was very, very quick, but basically the one I saw was um, 
it had like the it chapter two balloons and then harley quinn comes and smashes them with a mallet and yeah i'm fucking sick of clowns um and then there was just a lot of shooting but (laughs) it was like okay interesting i'm almost certain she used the f word but can't be sure so we'll see what that's about they're obviously continuing the margot robbie story um she's going to be in the suicide squad as well so yeah it's I was going to say quickly, because um, we were talking about Joker, so I think Joker won best, like the, their version of Best Picture at the, um, I think it's the Venice Film Festival, either Venice or Toronto, one of them ones. Um, and I was reading up on whichever one it was, and there was a few films that they were saying, like, there were um, people who were praising and like obviously not praising. So um, one of the ones that they weren't praising, I don't know if you've seen the trailers for it, but The Goldfinch, the one with... Um, Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort, that's the one. Which I thought, to be honest, when I watched the trailer, it looked really fucking boring. It's about painting. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And the kid's mum dies at the beginning or something. Okay. Um, and yeah, people say this, that's really dull and just like, <laughs> bit, like really kind of shit. Um, there was a lot of praise for um, Knives Out, uh, Ryan Johnson's film. Okay. A lot of praise for that, which I'm quite, I'm quite happy about because... I love a who done it kind of thing. And I'm hoping this will be what the murder in the Orient Express wasn't. Yeah. Is that so the one with Chris nice. Evans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the the nice, cast, too, like, fair. Yeah. The cast for that is sick. Um, what else? I think Marriage Story, which is a Netflix film um, with um, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. That's gotten pretty good reviews as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But that's not up until like, November. Okay. Um, and what else? There was another one with Adam Driver as well. But I can't remember what it was called. I think it's coming out on Amazon Prime films. But yeah, we're in mid-September now, mm. so we are three quarters of the way through the year. Um, obviously, we don't really start getting the Oscar-y films until kind of the November time, up through to like February, March. But has this year been a good year for film? Um, overall, not for me, really. If I'm being honest, um, I'm looking back on it, and I'm thinking, if you told me to make a top five. Even a top, like, top ten, yeah. I would, I would sort of just be filling it with films I've seen rather than yeah. like, oh yeah, this is like, yeah, this film's definitely in my top ten this year. It's yeah. sort of like, I don't know, it, it, I'd struggle. I think um, I completely agree. I completely agree. There's not been too many stellar films. No, like, the summer seemed to. I mean, the fucking Fast and Furious film is still out in the cinemas, which probably yeah. shows how little yeah. stuff has come out, and I still haven't seen it yet although I have booked to see it three times and then just not gone. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know, it's, it's a strange one. Maybe, you know, maybe now we're hitting towards the tail end of the year that the better films will come out, like Joker and things, but... I hope so. I've seen, I've, yeah, I've seen about 50 films this year, roundabout, and I'm not going to lie, I haven't been, overall, I haven't been that impressed. Like, I, liked, I really loved Endgame. Um... After that, I can't even think what else has come out, for being honest with you. <laughs> I would say Rocket Man was up there for me. Oh, yeah, Rocket Man, yeah. That was good, that was good, yeah. Um, we had Captain Marvel this year, Toy Story 4. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been a bit... Mm. And also, yeah. it's been a dreadful year for comedy. The only comedy film, like, out and out comedy film, was I don't really, you know, I wouldn't count, like, Toy Story 4 as a comedy because, it's, mm. for me, it's more animated and stuff. But the only sort of out-and-out pure comedy... I think I can recall is Good Boys, and that was decent, but 
different levels. So like, Stuber as well. That's a comedy, but that's not very good. That didn't look good. <laughs> yeah, it's, not great. it's not great at um, all. So yeah, I don't know. It's maybe maybe the maybe next year will be better. Maybe I don't maybe. Know. It's not as if I've seen any performances or any um, any films on the market. God, they're shooing for Oscars. Yeah. Well, well. Funnily enough, I watched Hustlers on Friday. Of course you did. And um, <laughs> and um, a lot of people are talk saying they think that um, Jennifer Lopez will be in talks for an Oscar for supporting actress. So, oh really? What, yeah. what do you think then? Do you want to review the film and then tell us your thoughts on her? Yeah, go on then. Um, if I'm being honest, well, I kind of went back and forth on this because when I watched the trailer, I was kind of like, all right, I'm not really bothered about this film, but, you know, there's a, some beautiful women in here, so you know, <laughs> I'll go watch it and then see what happens kind of thing. As the weeks have gone by, the last few weeks, they shot this film in a month, by the way, just um, random. Oh, really? Random. Yeah, they started filming in March and they finished in, uh, st- at the start of May. Um but uh, yeah, so uh, like last couple of weeks, I've been hearing like really good reviews um, about the story and the acting and da da da. So okay, got me quite up for the film. Went to go see it on Friday, and it's all right. I think not bad. It's it's pretty good. Um, but it wasn't. I kind of I don't know why I kind of oh, I don't know. I brought it up to a level that I thought it would be, and it wasn't quite that. But the acting's fine. The story behind it is. Pretty interesting, I would say, but um, I don't know. I just didn't really care. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know if it's sorry. That's something wrong with me because obviously I seem to be in the minority in that. But I just wasn't that bothered about what was going on in the film. If that makes sense. Did you ever see Widows? Yeah. See, when I saw the trailer for this, I sort of got Widow vibes because it's okay. sort of like women kind of doing a con or a heist or whatever. Yeah. Um. And I know that's probably reducing it quite a lot, but that's just what I got from the trailer. Yeah, when yeah. I watched Widows, I thought I was quite disappointed with that because I was like, they just didn't sort of, I don't know, there was just a bit missing from it. And I was like, okay, Widows is a bit average. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. Have you seen both now? Can you see similarities? or? Uh, can I see similarities? Um, kind of, I guess. Um, I would say that I, I think I enjoyed Widows quite, quite a bit more than this. Um. But I do see the similarities um, in obviously that like it's a group of women um, getting together and basically committing crimes, different, completely different crimes, but crime nonetheless. Um, I think the way that the film is shown, you remember, um, oh fuck, what film was it? Do you remember I, Tonya? Yeah. They kind of did it like that, where or even, um, what's it called? Uh, American Animals. Is it American Animals? Do you remember that film? Oh, yeah, yeah, where the kids kind of... Yeah. Yeah, obviously, they didn't, like, use the real people involved, but it was based on true story, and they kind of showed us what happened in the past, and then in the present day, there was, like, a a woman doing an interview. One of the women who was involved, she was doing an interview with a journalist and kind of talking about it. It was that kind of vibe, which I quite enjoyed. Um, But I do think, yeah, there was a little something missing, if I'm I'm being honest. Um, And, yeah, without giving too much away, um, I kind of feel like they might have rushed the end a little bit. Um, and I don't think that they, that the main character, I feel like, I don't know, I wanted to, I, it seemed like there was quite a lot, a lot of the film was to do with like the mind state of the main character, but maybe I wasn't intelligent enough to kind of get her and what she was about and how she was 
feeling at the time because I feel like it wasn't very well explained. I think the yeah. end kind of rushed and the film kind of just finished and I was a bit like, Ugh. I don't know. I was kind of left wanting more. Jennifer Lopez's character is great. Um, her character kind of has like a little, like a big, big switching, a switching attitude about three quarters of the way into the film though, which to me didn't really make a lot of sense. But okay. I mean, you know, apart from that, I think it's a, it's a pretty decent film. It's a couple laughs and I thought it'd be a bit funnier. There's a couple laughs in there, but it's not great. There's one gag they use quite a lot with um, a girl throwing up, which I mean, was funny the first time, but after the, like the second, third time wasn't very interesting. Um, Keith Palms in it. She's hilarious. Everyone else isn't really very funny. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, what's it called? Uh, ridiculing old white men in this film. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, they probably they're well overdue a bit of ridiculing, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so is Lopez's performance Oscar worthy, or is it just that she tends to star in a lot of shits, and this <laughs> performance is half decent, and so it's a you know return to form. Um, I don't think I can say that whether or not it's returned to form because I don't really think I've actually watched her in, in a lot of stuff or anything for that matter. I'm trying to think of if I've seen her in anything and I can't really think of anything right now. But she was good. Um, prob- probably the best actress there. I would say that, you know, if you if she did get an Oscar nom, I wouldn't say, oh yeah, that's ridiculous. I would say fair enough because I haven't seen many other women who have performed um to that level, I think, and it's it's like when you can think about some of the supporting a- actor nominations uh, in the past years, like fucking Sam Rockwell got a nomination last year for Vice yeah. and stuff like that. I'm thinking, yeah, fuck it, put Jennifer Lopez up; she deserves it more than him, kind of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, fuck yeah, she I'll say she deserves a nom based on what I've seen so far this year. Uh, I don't think I've seen a lot of strong performances though. To caveat, but yeah, well, I I um I saw a headline i didn't really read the article but um it was from one of like screen rant or something like that and they were saying um oh could bill hader be up for an oscar for it chapter two and i was like what <laughs> like I'll, I'll talk about it chapter two in a bit but um yeah it's basically because he's known for comedy and he did something you know quasi serious and now all of a sudden it's like oh yeah you should be not up for an oscar no if you change genres like yeah, that shows versatility and you should be applauded for that. But doing an average dramatic performance as a comedian doesn't mean you should yeah. be up for an Oscar. Or, and, you know, by the same extension, you know, starring in a lot of shit films and then starring in a half-decent film doesn't, also shouldn't mean you should be up for an Oscar. Like, Nick Cage, mate, was in Endgame or whatever, you know. Does that mean he should be up for an Oscar because he's in a you know, decent film? Like, no. <laughs> Quickly, can I interrupt you for a quick second? Yeah. Speaking of Nick Cage, have you seen they want to do a face-off reboot? Yeah. <laughs> Would you go watch that? I mean, probably, but I don't really hold the original in much. No, it's quite, I think the original's crap. Yeah. But, I mean, Can we... got Nick Cage oh, sorry, and John Travolta, who are sort of, neither of whom are particularly, uh, you know, A-listers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about one of these days, yeah, maybe not this episode, but another episode. We need to talk about the fascination now with like reboots and stuff and sequels. Oh yeah, because this I think it's actually getting ridiculous. Like, and I kind of just want to 
obviously I've, I could stage my own personal boycott and just say, yeah, I'm not going to go watch them anymore. But I know in my mind, I probably am going to go see them for one and two, me not going is not really going to make a difference, but still, it's annoying me. Yeah. I think, yeah, we could, we'll talk about it more in depth maybe next week or something. Yeah. So we've got time to sort of look into it and research, but yeah. either it's a lack of originality or it's just out of curiosity, people will go and see them and it will make money. Yeah. It's like a sequel, like, the sequels don't necessarily make more money than the original, but if you make them for cheap enough, then you're guaranteed to get, you know, like 60% of your audience from the first one. I don't know. You know. Yeah. So it's, it is a shame. Because even like Disney Plus are remaking Home Alone and that. I mean, I don't mind a reboot if, if like long enough has changed that you're saying something different or like, yeah. the site is changed or whatever like you know a star is born um i don't know the others well at all but i know that you know the first two were about actresses the second two were about musicians and obviously like music's changed in since the last one so you know maybe you can justify it like that and you know they've got new songs and mm. blah 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 but if you're literally just doing i mean the like the lion king is essentially a shot for shot reboot yeah and they didn't really add much to it. Maybe a couple of new songs, different yeah. voice cast. But I watched it and I was like, it's good, but there's nothing added to it where I'm like, ooh, you know, this deserves, yeah. this justifies its, you know, its, its being. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. It, I think it's quite cynical to just keep rebooting things. And Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, kind of, uh, I don't know also what the word is. It's kind of just lazy, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm. Um, even if you take the basic concept of an idea that's already happened and maybe change the setting or change the plot slightly so mm. you know the idea of someone swapping their face I mean you got I don't know you got like deep fakes now where they're so realistic that Bill Hader can be doing an impression and it changes into Tom Cruise's face like they run with something like that as in, like a, you know, can't really tell who it is. But that's yeah. an interesting concept. But if it's literally just the same sort of thing, then you'd be like, I don't really see the point. Um, but onto it, chapter two. Um, so I was very looking forward to this film. Um, the prospect of almost three-hour-long horror film <laughs> was very, very appealing uh, to me. Um, I did like the first. Well, it's chapter one. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, I don't find clowns particularly freaky. I know some people have a real kind of phobia of them. Um, but I thought Bill Skarsgård's performance as Pennywise was really good. He, you know, the, ch- the change from like innocent looking clown to like the freaky shit he does uh, was good. The performances from the young cast were fine. Um, so all in all, it was good. And I was looking forward to seeing, you know, 27 years later. Um, and you know it had a good cast: Bill Hader, James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain. There's some, you know, real talent there. Um, I sort of wish I'd watched the first one beforehand again, just to refresh my memory. Mm. But the plot is similar. So Pennywise returns 27 years after the children uh, thought they defeated him, um, and they'd made a pact when they were younger that if they if Pennywise ever returned, they would all come back to Derry, which is where it's set, and um, 
they would try and take him out again. So 27 years after the first events takes us to 2016 and Pennywise is back um, eating children and killing people. And so only one of the original, they're called the Losers Club, remained in Derry. His name was Mike. Uh, so quickly, he, I interrupt yeah. you really quickly. Is Pennywise like a supernatural being? It was just like literally like a real person. Uh, supernatural, yeah. Right, okay. Um, so you kind of get a bit more backstory on Pennywise here, just sort of like where he came from. Um, I'll go into that a little bit more in a bit. Okay. But, so like Mike rings up the other people. I can't remember all of their names, to be honest. Um, uh, but because everyone's moved out, it sort of is explained in the film that the further away from Derry you move, the more about what happens in Derry you forget. So... Mike's ringing all these people and he's like, hey, it's Mike from Derry. And the people are like, oh, shit, Derry, okay. Um, I sort of remember what happened in Derry, but can you, you know, explain to me? And and he's like, oh, you clearly don't remember, do you? And then, but then as they're driving towards Derry, sort of flashbacks happen and they're like, oh, shit, <clears throat> we were attacked by a crazy clown. Um, so then they meet up, you know, they've got some good, good rapport. Bill Hader's funny in it. Um, there's a another character who's like a bit of the scaredy cat and he's quite funny um so this film does blend horror and humor reasonably well because it sort of lowers your guard a bit and then it's like boom um scariness um i feel like this film was two hours 50 didn't quite feel like it was two hours 50 which is a good thing Mm. i also feel like they were quite slow to re-familiarise us with everyone though because obviously like they actually cast really well so when you see the younger actors and the older actors together you're actually like okay they look quite familiar um, or resemble each other but I think the first hour was pretty much just like hey this was this guy's a kid now this is him as an adult and there was a lot of like this is what they're doing now so James McAvoy's character is now an author and there's this whole running joke of um, oh yeah your books are great but your endings are shit um, which I think might might be a kind of chip on Stephen King's shoulders. I don't know. Mm. Stephen King is in it at one point and even says, oh, your ending is a shit to James McAvoy's character. Um, mm. You know, Jessica Chastain is in an abusive relationship, which echoes the abusive relationship she had with her father. There's a lot of backstory that is sort of superfluous, I would say, because it's nice to you know know what they're doing, but... A lot of it could have just been kind of uh, eked out in speech. You don't need to see, like, there's literally shots of everybody at their place of work or their place of yeah. home. And it's like, that's not really necessary because they, they do not come back to it at all. Like, James McAvoy mm. has a wife at the beginning, but then he kisses one of the other characters in the film and it's never it resolved. Is. Like, <laughs> you know, he's cheated on his wife. Like, does he go back to his wife? Who knows? Not, she's never in it again. Um you know, one of the characters is an architect, but that, by the by, really <laughs> incidental. One of the characters dies, and his wife, like, no one tells his wife, you know, that's all unresolved. No. So it's sort of like, why are you showing us their personal backstory if you're not going to come back to it? Mm. Like, I get why, you know, maybe you're fleshing the characters out, but you could have in speech be like, oh, hey, Mike, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, I'm an architect now. Great. What about you? Oh, I'm an author, but my ending is a shit. You know, rather than <laughs> actual 
you know, five, ten minute scenes of all of this. So because yeah. there are six or so characters, it does take about an hour. Um, and I was sort of a bit like, OK, come on, let's just get into it. Um, there's also the film, the very beginning of the film starts with a very graphic homophobic attack, which I've been trying to think through in my head as to the necessity of it. Mm. Because, I mean, it's very kind of shocking. And I watched it with my girlfriend and she was almost in tears because it's basically just like these kids like shouting homophobic abuse at these two guys. And the guys are like, do you know what? Don't rise to it. We'll just move on. Then they literally beat both of them up to an inch of their death, throw one of them over into a river and then Pennywise eats him. And I was like, okay, well, why were these characters gay i mean you can have gay characters fine they might be you know if the first character to die is gay that's fine but the fact that they were subject to such horrific abuse by yeah. characters and none of these characters are ever really in it again and there's no sort of condemnation of that and yeah. then one of the characters um played by bill hader it's sort of hinted throughout this film that he's struggling with his sexuality wasn't from my memory um sort of hinted in the first film in this film there's flashbacks to when he's a kid and then it's a bit more like oh he might have feelings for this boy or whatever but again not really set up from the first film um and then by the end of it it's never resolved either like he doesn't not that he has to but he doesn't kind of come out to anybody he doesn't seem to be in a relationship with anybody so there uh, and like i get if you know, his fear might be of people finding out and how people react to that. Fine. But the two kind of things were so separate that I was just sort of like, why Why was there such a focus on the homophobic attack at the beginning when it doesn't seem to be resolved? Like, yeah. If you had a clear condemnation of it, like, yeah, this is wrong, this is why there's evil in the world or whatever and like these characters the characters that do that are kind of you know one of them if if so the one who doesn't die if he if you see him later in the film and he's fine he gets revenge or whatever i think that okay fine you can maybe justify that but for me it seemed really really out of place um, yeah. and i was actually sort of a bit like that's really unnecessary um i think any sort of attack on minorities in a film in this day and age really has to be justified and um, sort of condemned because there's so much hyper awareness of all of this that people know that you know people live like this and that people are still not accepted fully for what they want to be so that's already in society showing it in a horror film doesn't necessarily need to happen um so that sort of straight away kind of put me on the back foot and i was like okay well this is quite what i was expecting um rest of the two hours is sort of they they shoe in this whole ritual plot so one of the characters mike who stays back he's like oh I found a way to finally kill it. He's an ancient being from this Native American religion and you have to find totems and then you have to do this ritual to kill him. And I was like, what? 
it just sort of again i kind of like demystified it all in a way that wasn't satisfactory to me maybe other people fine and maybe it's true to the book i don't know i've never read the book but you know just having a insidious clown that sort of like attacks people and returns every 27 years like i don't necessarily want to know where it came from just the fact that it's there or the fact that it's defeated but then finding out it's like this demon from a, you know native american yeah, don't religion they need, don't they need to do that to have like kind of a beginning to an end kind of thing um, chris i didn't even know you were here <laughs> also oh you're bare close to your microphone it's bare muffly okay sorry I feel like some people need to have like otherwise it's a pointless film because then then there's nothing they can do about it they're just gonna die hello uh. oh that, that's it that's all I was gonna say oh Glenn's laptop died <laughs> did it oh fuck it um are you still recording the call, apparently? Oh, cheeky. I don't know what that means for us. Soon find out. Find out on next week's episode of Your Average Critics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, Chris, you were saying, you know, it's important to have a kind Some of... Some people got to like, have a... Like, otherwise, it's just going to be like a reoccurring thing and like... Then everyone's just gonna be like, "Well, they're gonna die, aren't they?" There's no, there's no, no end. There's no end to it, is there? Although I heard they've really, they've really got plans for chapter three, apparently. So, well, chapter three would be going beyond the book. Um, but I mean, with horror characters, there's sort of a, an assumption that you know, eventually they'll always come back because you've got like, how many Friday the Thirteenth films are there? How many Halloween films are there? You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, and every single time, the character is always killed. But then they always come back. And I think there's, for me anyway, and it is always contextual, like depending on the film, but I think a, you know, the concept of a killer clown coming back every 27 years is quite sort of freaky. It's like, oh shit, okay, well we've killed it this time, but it's going to come back in 27 years. And they make a point in this film of saying, we can't wait another 27 because they'll be in their 70s. You know, and how many people are going to have died by that time? Um, so I guess, I guess, it, you know, some people do want a mythology of, you know, where does it come from? How do you kill it? But also I think sometimes, sometimes it's actually scarier. And this is one of the cases of not knowing where it's come from, not knowing why it's happening. It just happens, you know, because for me, it seemed a bit silly. It was like, oh, okay. So we're in the real world and obviously horror isn't like this liminal space where, you know, I mean, (laughs) supernatural clowns are clearly not real, but you sort of by having these rituals and like they'll go and they'll look through this or they drink this potion they will have like weird visions and and it just it got a bit silly um and there's other monsters in this film that like they're like zombies or there's this really tall woman with like really saggy nips um and she that some of them just looked really cartoonish and detracted from like the atmosphere of it um so i was a bit disappointed by that there's also not enough of pennywise the clown because he is one of the best things about it like bill garsgard's performance is really good he's really menacing even just 
the way that they change Pennywise's face from like he's got this like overly large forehead, which is weird itself, and then like his he's got one eye that sort of just droops and does its own thing, and that's also a bit kind of off-putting. And then you like occasionally his jaw will get really long and then open, and all these teeth come out, and he turns into these like big, I don't know, spider things and with pincers and all that. Like I love all that because it's it's really like freaking. You're like, what the fuck is going on? That's my sort of thing. There was not enough of that. Um, whereas I feel like there was, it was used better in the first film. It's a good conclusion. Um, overall, I did enjoy the film. I think I maybe had too high expectations and maybe I was... I don't know. Like it's one of those things that you enjoy the first one so much, the second one gets so much hype. And then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I would have changed this or this or this. and You know. Did it leave open for a third? No. Oh. It quite... Well, I mean, they killed it the first time, but they've now definitely killed it. Um, but who knows? In tw- I mean, when it came out in 2017, like chapter one, that was 27 years after the... There was a miniseries in the 1990s. So the kind of remake was 27 years after the original. So maybe in 27 years' time, they'll reboot it again. Or, you know, they could even have a chapter three where they have a different set of characters who, you know, experience Pennywise. Who knows? But I feel like the second one kind of got overawed by the actors that it had. Mm. So they spent a lot of time with them and, like, the rest of the town... There's, there's about three children that get eaten here. You don't see anything of their parents being like, hey, where's my kid or whatever. This is very much focused on these characters. Um, I don't know. I felt for, for a three hour long horror film, it was a bit, I wouldn't say rushed, but I feel like it could have been fleshed out a lot more. Yeah. Um, overall, I did enjoy it. Probably the best horror I've seen in the last month. I've seen two others. Um, one of which was a scream unseen mm. called Ready or Not, which is like... Is a... that good? Eh. Oh, I wonder... Oh, damn. <laughs> the way you said that was if it's not good. I just kind of want to go, go see it. It's a black comedy in the sense that it very much doesn't take itself seriously. I probably wouldn't call it a horror. Horror is a, a misnomer right. because... I mean, there are maybe horror, horror elements, but it's more of like a cat and mouse thriller. So I won't give away any spoilers, but it's essentially um, this man and woman are getting married. He comes from a very rich family. They made their money through games, uh, like board games. And so it's tradition that whenever a new person joins the family, they have to have a game night. And, you know, some of the other spouses are saying, oh, yeah, we had... We played Rummy. What the hell's Rummy? Or we played Cluedo or whatever. Um, but there's one card that if you pick, it's deadly. And this one is Ready or Not, which is Hide and Seek. So um, all of the family members get the get geared up. Not as in cocaine, as in like um, weapons. And basically start chasing the bride around the house. Um, trying to kill her. Because that's what they have to do. Uh, it is a bit silly. I feel like the 
they could have been a bit more inventive with the deaths. It could have been a bit tenser, but they went they went through the comedy route, so fine. Um, could have been funnier. Uh, it was fine. It was wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It was just okay. You know, it's one of those ones that you come out of a screen unseen and you think, don't mind paying five pound for that. Wouldn't have paid nine. Yeah. You know? So that's what I'd say. Go and see it. You see it on DVD. Probably be on Netflix within the next six months. Yeah, I'm gonna try um, and watch it when it comes out. And then I just briefly touch on the third horror film. I don't think I've mentioned it on the pod. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, it's it's a Guillermo del Toro produced sort of anthology film in the sense that there's a group of kids. They there's a local rumor in their um town that there was a girl who was kept in a basement by her family but she wrote these horror stories um, to kind of get back at them and they came real uh, so obviously they go and try and find the book and um, do and then stories start coming to life about them and their friends um, so I think it's quite a good premise but and again this is just personal preference for horror but it was very much teen horror which is not necessarily my bag um, it was all like focused on like, tweens or young teenagers, and again, some of the monsters looked a bit silly, a bit comical. Um, the horror wasn't too sustained; it was resolved relatively quickly, um, and it wasn't massively scary. There was a few jump scares, but a lot of it was just kind of the kids and and like oh. No, you know, you sort of know what's going to happen because it's written down. It's like, oh, the scarecrow runs after Jimmy, and then what happens? The scarecrow runs after Jimmy, and it's like, okay, well, there's not much suspense. There's not much kind of tension. I was a little bit disappointed mm. overall. But Chris, welcome to the pod. Uh, what have you been watching recently? Uh, um, that's a very good question. Um, the CW series started up. I don't watch them anymore. Um, 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 um. Oh, you know, uh, I've definitely been watching something. What have I fin- just finished watching? I've just finished watching all of Archer. Oh Very yeah. Ten. Uh, don't really know what to say about cartoons, to be honest. Um, it's just a funny comedy. Like, I don't know if either of you have seen it. Um, no, I haven't watched it. Sounds like Ollie's sort of thing. Yeah, Ollie, Ollie does, I think Ollie has watched it. Um, yeah, it was a decent, decent series about a guy. Like, it's a, like a funny take on like undercover agents, basically. And they work for ISIS. Uh, but it's not actually... Well, not a terrorist group. But then later it's found out it is a terrorist group or something. I don't know. There's loads of bits and pieces, like, imagine 10 seasons, there's a lot going on. Um, oh, what else have I watched? I don't know. Have you done film news today? Uh, we did a bit. We talked about Suicide Squad cast. We talked about possibility of uh, Tony Stark appearing in the Black Widow film. Um, and I can't remember what else. Oh, something about the, the Birds of Prey trailer. What film news did you want to mention? Well, I was going to say... Did you hear that um, 
Series four of Stranger Things is going to be the the, the last se- series. Oh, okay. So that's the final one. I and thought that they pre-planned five or six. Well, I, or was it five after five? No, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere to the, yeah, the other day that it's only going up to four seasons. I think I could be wrong though. Um, and then I also read today that J.J. Abrams and James Gunn are going to take over, um, like the like work of DCEU. Oh, okay. Like, kind of like a uh, what's his face? Kind of like a Feige. Yeah. Um, well, talking talking of Feige, have we discussed um, Spider Man's disinclusion no. in the MCU? I don't think disinclusion is a word, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, I'm sure anyone listening, if anyone is listening, knows already that Spider-Man is no longer allowed to be in the MCU because Sony and Marvel couldn't agree a new deal. So, what do you guys think of that? Is it is it you know is this going to be detrimental to both Sony and to Marvel? Is it going to benefit one more than the other? Like, what what the, what are your thoughts on it? Go on, Chris. Huh? Go on. Marvel want more money because it's a big franchise. Sony want to keep more. I'm struggling to hear anything you're saying, Chris. I don't know if it's my connection or yours. Uh, <laughs> Obi, can you hear what I'm hearing or can you hear Chris I, fine? I, can, I can't hear Chris either. Oh, right. Okay. That's the connection then. <laughs> you sound like a Maybe robot. Now? That's a bit better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Scott comes to Japan. I heard you say something about money. So, this is that from reports, Marvel wanted a bigger share of the profits of the film, which I think was set at like 20% or something, relatively low. Um, But Sony weren't having none of it. Marvel, by all accounts, had basically most of the profits from merchandising, which are likely to be a hell of a lot more than the movie profits. Um, so, if that is all to be believed, I'm a bit with Sony on this. It sort of seems a bit like corporate greed. Yeah. But, on the other hand, without Marvel, Sony wouldn't make so much money from these films. Because, True. you know, never had they had a film gross... But this is apparent. I don't know if I misread it, but apparently Sony had never had a film gross over a billion. That sounds about right. So, like, a major studio in 2019 had never had a film gross more than a billion. Yeah, but what are what is, what, what is same franchises? I mean, I don't know, to be honest. But you sort of think, like, it's not too... You know, there's, there's, I mean, the first billion-dollar film that I remember... I think was Titanic, and then it was The Dark Knight. I think, which was, you know, almost ten years later. But now it's, you know, regularly we're getting films gross over a billion. Um, 
So that surprised me, for one. But two, the fact that it is since, you know, Feige was involved or Marvel were involved, you got Far From Home grossed over a billion. So you sort of think Marvel, like, okay, well, we should take more of a share of the profits because without us, Sony wouldn't have made this much money. I don't know. What, so, Chris, I can hear you a bit better now. Do you want to try and re-say what you were trying to say? Uh, uh. Do you agree with what I say in terms of, like, is it corporate greed from Marvel or is it, like, do you see their point of view? Mate, honestly, I think everything that we've been told is a load of bullshit. So you think that they'll find a way to... Uh, mm, no. Uh, I did read a thing that said, like, they've got two years, basically, to come up with an agreement kind of thing. Yeah. So I reckon I, they will, something will get sorted out before. I think, I've, I think eventually Spider-Man will be part of the MCU again. I feel like it has to be part of it. It has to. They've moulded too much around it. But yeah. Man, to make the next, well, not Iron Man, but the next leader, per se. Um, and the, the uh, Anthony Mackie's already come out saying that take over as Captain America. So, who else is there? Who's leader now? Mm. I think it was very, very strange timing because. I think they were just about to re-release Homecoming, weren't they? Um, not Homecoming, Far From Home, in cinemas in the US, um, with a, a little bit of extra footage. And then this new sort of broke. And you're thinking, yeah. they've spent, yeah, literally five films moulding Tom Holland's Spider-Man to be the next Tony Stark or, you know, the, a key part of the Avengers. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden Kevin Feige has time to fucking deal with it. That's a load of bullshit, mate. Yeah, I mean, just hire someone else to like do it, and he can just oversee it or whatever. Like he spreads him, maybe he spread himself too thin. I don't know, but if he had, you know, it just seems very strange because they set up like a really cool third idea for the Spider-Man, you know, franchise, um, with people now knowing who what his identity is, um, whether Mysterio is dead or alive. I don't know whether legally Sony can still do that third film i don't know who owns what rights to what um but now you know sony will probably push forward with tom holland within venom 2 i think it's going to be a big loss for marvel probably a bigger yeah. loss for marvel than for sony because they can still make spider-man films and even if they don't all make as much money they're still making money whereas i imagine it's probably fucked up some marvel plans Yeah, I think I would have thought that they, I don't know, would have maybe planned for this though, or maybe this this for them came out of the blue. But then, if you think that they were going to try to renegotiate the current situation, then there would have been like a contingency plan in case Sony said told them to fuck off, which apparently they have done. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I, really... I think I was like considering quickly, but considering because, well. As far as we know, there's not going to be an Avengers film for a good few years, and all of the stuff that they've laid out so far for Phase 4 doesn't really involve Spider-Man, so they've kind of got a bit of time to kind of get it all together. that makes sense? True. But then if, if the third film is going to be his last year of school, mm. you know, conceivably you don't want him to, Tom Holland to grow up too much more. Um, I mean, he's pretty 
fresh well, he's, anyway. Yeah, he's in but, his 20s now, isn't he? So. Yeah, but I just think, you know, homecoming's 2017, far from home 2019. You'd imagine they were planning for 2021. Even if it's just... They just need to finish this trilogy. Yeah. Well, finish it. Just the only thing that they would have to not do is reference the event. Yeah. And also, what do you do about Happy? Because Happy seems to be quite a integral, yeah, probably owned by MCU, um, not Sony. So, or you Disney, think, sorry, not. You'd think Disney would just buy the rights back. they got enough money. You don't know what price tag Sony are putting on it now. They've made True. a billion. Yeah. And, and Venom did pretty well as well. Yeah, and, exactly. And Sony have come out saying... Gonna do, they're, they're happy to let Spider-Man over, and that's what that's what Disney said they didn't want happening. So, yeah, it's a strange one. Hopefully, it gets re- resolved. And, I... and Sony, Sony, pretty much to every single Spider-Man villain. Yeah. So that's to play with. Because they're already doing a is it a Morbius film? Yeah. And to cross over in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Can I also say quickly that. Contrary to like you know most of the internet, I'm not actually that bothered <laughs> about this whole situation. I'm being deadly honest. Um, I like Spider-Man. Uh, he's had some solid. Tom Holland's had some solid uh, moments in the MCU so far, but you know, I don't really care. <laughs> like for me, it's not like you know, like I love my Captain America, Iron Man, Black Panther. He's not one of them for me. So yeah, I'm not really that bothered putting that out of there. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, have you seen that um, the extra credit from the, the latest Spider-Man film with Nick Fury, Nick Fury, where he's talking about like Fantastic Four and mutants and stuff? No. Wasn't that a deleted ending from the first Iron Man film? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, so it, originally Nick Fury mentioned mutants and... Uh, a web slinging someone who's bitten by a spider or something um, is this a, is this a video yeah it's a video of it can you send me a link please oh, oh. find it yeah okay yeah apparently that was one of the ideas they had for the end of Iron Man 1 which was right. the second MCU film so yeah already like ambitious but obviously they had no rights to any of those so probably weren't allowed to mention it um, but now they do um, also, I feel like uh, the DC23 thing, the D23 or whatever they call it, the Disney Expo, I feel like not much more information was uh, announced at that regarding the MCU. Yeah, they just kind of added like the, it was more the Disney Plus, fleshing out the Disney Plus stuff, wasn't it, rather than the cinematic stuff? Yeah, I thought that, well, I mean, they did announce Black Panther too, but I thought they would... Um, give us a bit more detail, you know, mm. be like, hey, this is what we mentioned at Comic-Con, but we're saving this for D- uh, Disney 23. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what else have people been watching? Um, I'm trying to rattle off a few things that I've seen. That, uh, so I watched Crawl. Did you see watch Crawl in the end, Glenn? No, I didn't. Okay, so it's basically, <laughs> basically like Jaws, but with alligators. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um... It's actually not that bad, but it does get really repetitive because, like, the alligators just keep ripping people apart. <laughs> okay. And if you're watching it, 
like me, me, because I'm a pussy. I, I was getting really stressed out because it was getting on my nerves that these alligators kept like winning. But um, it's it's all right. It's not really a. It's not one of them films where like you don't really have to think about it. It's literally just kind of like these alligators are after us. We need to get past the alligators. How are we going to get past the alligators? Okay, we got past the alligators. That kind of thing. It's a B um, movie, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Um, and yeah, I quite enjoyed it actually. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was actually all right. Um, what else did I see? Uh, I saw The Informer, which I'm not going to lie. It's got, is it Joel Kinnaman or Joel Edgerton? One of the Joels, isn't it? Um, and that's not very good. I'm not going to lie to you. It's pretty shit, actually. Um, What's that It's about? kind of like, it's like a, uh, like a gang. It's a film about um, a man who's used to be in the army. Then he went to prison for manslaughter. And then the government or the FBI offered him a, a deal where he had to be an informant for the uh, Polish uh, Polish gangs, Polish mafia, um, in exchange for him getting out of prison. And basically, it's just about about that. And basically, the FBI fucking him over and putting him in a shit situation where he has to go back into prison and um, get them to uh, like basically infiltrate the drug um, the drug ring that's in prison. But then the FBI basically flop the whole situation and they leave him in the lurch. Basically, they try to get him killed. So in turn, he tries to he grabs up, takes one of the guards hostage, and yeah, he takes over the prison, and um, yeah, gets some people killed. Um, that sounds quite interesting. So, what was it about it that made it uninteresting? So, like the elements of the film are like stuff that you'd want to you'd want to hear about or you'd want to see, like the crime stuff, the drug stuff, guns, you know, all that stuff. But it was wasn't very well pieced together. I didn't think. Um, some of the dialogue was terrible, I thought, and um, like the storyline just didn't quite mesh. Um, Common is in it, and he is pretty terrible. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just feel like it didn't quite go together. Um, and like, yeah, they had all the all the right elements, but you know, I, I think the script. I think they were let down by the script, to be honest, and the story. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Cruel, I would say, yeah, if that comes on Netflix or something, watch that. Informer, no, don't watch that. Um, I also saw Angel Has Fallen, which is a sequel <laughs> to London Has Fallen, which is a sequel to Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah. Um, can I say, though, how has this, fran- this franchise got three films? Genuinely, no idea. They must be very cheap to make. Like, they must be, because like, I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not, like, obviously, Power Rangers were shit, yeah, but why didn't Power Rangers get a sequel and this has got two sequels? That's like, not fair, <laughs> in, my, in my eyes. Uh, although, although, although Power Rangers now out by hand. What out by who? Has- oh, Has- right, yeah, Hasbro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So I hope they. Yeah, that'd be nice. But like, yeah. So to be honest, I haven't watched London Has Fallen. Um, but Angels Fallen is actually not bad. But it's your typical, you know, Jared Butler, this grumpy, unsexy Don, like looks bare tired unsexy. all the time. Yeah, he's not sexy, man. It's Jai. It pisses me off. <laughs> pisses me off. He's always, he was a bare scruffy. Get someone fucking nerves. You're bare gel, mate. You're bare gel. He's scruffy and he's in films. Mate, nah, man. Nah, I'm not actually not. No, because he just looks tired all the time. I'm just he like, fuck it up. Have a nap. Have a nap, mate. True. Some face cream. Something. Just, you know, tidy well, up a little bit. Just um on Wikipedia, the first film cost 70 million, made 170 million. So that's not a massive profit. But no. they made a second film. It cost sixty million and made two hundred and five million. 
Fair so enough. smaller budget, bigger returns. Angel has fallen, cost forty million, and has made one hundred one million. So somehow they've managed to reduce the costs in these films. <laughs> they've also, Fair enough. They've also made less from each one of them, though. Well, the second one made more than the, the first one, one but yeah. Um, I mean, still they've made sixty million profit on the third film, which is. I guess for them might not be too bad. Uh, Fair play. Is there going to be a fourth one? Uh, I honestly don't know. There could be. There very well could be. Um, it was alright though. The film. Like, it's not bad. It's just like a typical like blockbuster. I would say. <clears throat> um, you don't really need to have any prior knowledge of anything else going in. So. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I would. I wouldn't go out to. I wouldn't recommend anyone go to the cinema rush out to go see it though. Like. If it comes on Netflix, then give it a go. Okay. Um, I also watched, sorry, quickly rattling off the things I've seen. Um, 13 Reasons Why, season three. Ugh. Um, it was not good. Uh, they have completely gone off from what this season, what this show was supposed to be about, which I didn't really enjoy. Um, now it's basically like pretty much every other teen angst kind of show, like your kind of Riverdale kind of thing. I also heard that they sort of make you sympathise with the guy who's the rapist. Yeah, there's, there's no sort of about it. That's exactly what it is. That's you exactly know, what it is. Is this? Quite a catch what you said it was. Uh, Bryce. They make you sympathise with Bryce in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, 13's Reasons Okay. Because, so he's the villain of the first one. He rapes two girls, I think. and At least two. That we know of. Causes one of them to kill herself. Is he the one who inserts the pole in the second one? No, that's Monty. Okay. But either way, you should never try and now be, oh, do you know, poor Bryce, he died. Like, what? You're undermining yeah. the entire first series. Yeah. That is horrific. The main reasons why I should have stopped after six. Season two could have had... They fucked it. And season three sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah, things of season three, like I completely agree with you, by the way, Chris. Um, but things of season three, it's like uh, I understand what they were trying to do because it's a thing of like, you know, how far is too far for someone to be, for redemption? Like, do people deserve a second chance? Like, regardless of what they've done, like, I get that. That's fine. And they kind of try and bring in they bring in this fresh character um, called um, Annie, I think, or Arnie, um, who's quite similar to Hannah in terms of like her quirkiness. And she's kind of like coming in from with a fresh perspective of Bryce. Like nobody else, um, no one's really influenced her. So she, we kind of see Bryce from her point of view and he seems like an okay guy. But even then you're like, but we as the audience know what this guy's like kind of thing. And yeah. it doesn't really, it doesn't really help us to sympathize with him. Like obviously he, you catch him doing nice things here and there, but then in a couple of scenes later, he'll, do, he'll go back to regular Bryce and be a prick again. Like, it didn't really make sense for me. And the, the new character that they brought in, she was fucking jarring. She managed to insert herself into the group with no problem and managed to get everyone to tell all their secrets. And, like, the whole season is, like, her kind of talking the, to the police whilst doing this voiceover thing, like, from the end. And it kind of works its way back from the beginning to, to the end of her talking. And then they come up with this, like, elaborate scheme to frame someone for Bryce's murder. Do you guys care if I give away the ending? Oh, no. No. Okay, so obviously Bryce gets killed right at the start. Um, everyone's a suspect, basically. 
Um, firstly, these kids lie way too much and it really gets on my nerves. At one point, I'm thinking like, good people or, you know, decent people don't lie this much, especially to their friends or whatever. Um, so yeah, go through, oh, it could be this person. It could be that person. Here's why it's not this person. Here's why it could be that person. Blah, 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 blah. In the end, you find that Alex, um, the kid who shot himself in the head in season one, lived, who is also the biggest prick on the show, and I wish he fucking died. But anyway, um, he killed Bryce. Um, basically, Zach beat up Bryce, broke his leg, um, and then um, Alex and, uh, what's her name, Jessica come along, and Bryce asked them for help, and they start to help him, but then... <laughs> Alex just flips and he's like, oh, you've hurt everyone I've ever known. Duh, 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 duh. And he pushes him into this river. And because Bryce's leg is broken, he can't, he can't like help himself and he drowns and he dies. Um, and then they cover the whole thing up and they blame Monty for it. Um, Monty, who's also a prick, um, he gets, um, he's gay, by the way. Um, he gets, um, what's it called? He gets, uh, Fucking hell, what's the word? Arrested, fucking hell. Arrested for sexual assault on Tyler, fair enough. And then they pin the whole thing on Monty because um, they say that um, Bryce was going to reveal to everyone that Monty was gay and that's why Monty killed him. Um, but then Monty somehow mysteriously dies in prison that same day where they're blaming the whole crime on him. And then, yeah, so I, so the police just dropped the case because the killer is dead. So, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, season's pretty shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds dreadful to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. Well, what about the whole thing of Tyler was going to shoot up the school? Yeah, well, um, uh, what's it called? Thingy calmed him down, didn't he? Clay calmed him down at the end of season two, and then the whole, pretty much most of season three, you can tell that he's really mentally fragile, and everyone kind of has to like take turns, like taking him to and from school, like helping him in between classes and stuff like that, because he's like, like mentally, he's not all there, and he's still trying to like recover from the incident and stuff like that. And eventually, I think he does get to a point where like he feels strong enough to admit what's happened um, to everybody and then like kind of be able to move on and make friends and stuff like that, which is good, I guess. Okay. <sighs> yeah. I can't believe you got through it all today. Yeah, neither can I, to be honest. Um, Why did you do this to yourself? I don't know. I like to see how stuff, ends, how stuff plays out. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. You don't know you've got too much time on your hands, maybe. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Uh, you started watching Top Boy? I have started watching Top Boy. Oh, snap. I will rewatch the first two, because yeah. I can't imagine there's too many episodes in there, and then watch the first. four and four, I think, or four and six. But overall, good? I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think they've done a... Re- like, there was a lot of complaint that bringing back Top Boy is bad for the black community because it glorifies gang culture, blah, blah, blah. But when you watch it, like, you realise that, like, obviously this is about gangs, but this, they also talk about, you know, PTSD, mental health, um, just general all-around health, immigration, um, stuff like that. And, like, it's not just about, like, if you foc- if you watch the whole series and one thing you're focusing on is, oh, yeah, it glorifies gang culture, then you haven't watched it properly. <laughs> like, you haven't, okay. you've only taken one thing and just run with that. You haven't focused on all the other aspects of general life that they go through in the whole series. I'm really enjoying it, personally. Good. Oh, we'll watch that. Chris, you say you watched it? Watch? Uh, I in the first episode today, actually, but I sank, oh, this came up, so I stopped watching it. Have you? Did you watch this two seasons prior, or have you gone in fresh? No, I, I, one that's on Netflix, not the old one. Yeah, yeah it's called Summer the House. Old, yeah, the old one's on Netflix as well, but yeah, you have to search Summer House to watch it. Oh, I didn't realise it. Oh, okay, yeah, no, yeah. 
but yeah. you can you you can watch this without having watched the other two seasons, and it makes pretty good much sense, I think. I would say. Is that a bit of a shame? Um. Uh, is it and it isn't because obviously they want to try and get in new audiences as well, and people who are going to be like, oh, I want, I really want to watch this produced by Drake, blah 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 blah, but I don't want to go and have to back and watch the other ten episodes. And I think that there's little things, or maybe not little. Well, I suppose there are aspects of season three where you think, okay, I need to have a more of a in-depth knowledge of what's happened to under to understand this. But at the same time, I think it's good for it to be versatile in the fact that you can not have watched previous stuff and this still makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. I think. Yeah. Fair point. So what are we going to be watching in the next couple of weeks? Um, Ad Astra. Um, oh, yeah. The, the science, science sci-fi one. I think that looks pretty cool. Um, I will probably go watch Rambo as well, even though I know it's going to be crap, but I'll still go watch it. Have um, you watched any like, others? Not really. It's just... Um, I think it's, it's, I've seen one of them. It's just Sylvester Stallone going around killing people. It's basically yeah. the Expendables, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone does not know how to, to just leave something. He just loves flogging a dead horse, doesn't he? He's, yeah, like, he he's like, oh, what, what franchise was I in in the 60s? Oh, yeah, let's bring that back. Like, oh, yeah. Retired army veteran coming back. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway, I still probably try and watch it. Um... I've almost finished series one of Heroes again, so that you should watch it. It is. Um, when I finish Jack Ryan, thing. then I'll watch it. Okay. Chris, what are you going to watch? Jack decent, by the way. People should watch Jack Ryan. Yes, sir? What are you going to watch, Chris, over the next few weeks? Uh, there's a new Netflix site criminal series I think and it's like in four parts on Netflix already so I've got different countries uh, I think it's called what's it called in, uh, it's got David Tennant in I can't remember what the name of it's called though oh, I've seen the trailer for this yeah um, it's called Eva oh you can't remember what it's called Eva uh, no. yeah it looks alright though yeah so hopefully that'll be good uh, I'll probably watch Top Boy. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what else really. Might go cinema. But yeah, that's it really. Don't know what else to say. We were talking, Chris, at the beginning um, that we should do a section in the, one of the future pods about um, just talking about reboots and and sequels and why they're dominating so much. So um, maybe give that a thought over the next week or two, and uh, you know we can we can discuss that because Obi said that there's going to be a face off reboot. So yeah. Fair enough. Wait, what? I'm, I must have missed half of that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk in a future pod. <laughs> I think she got that. Like, I got the end, and I was like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> I'll text it to you. Don't worry. Uh, I'll text you. Um, anything else anyone wants to mention before we wrap up this today? Um, power shit, but I'm still watching it. Mate, it's a dead season, man. <laughs> it's so, so shit. It's so shit. Glenn, yeah. Wait, let me just explain. <laughs> let me just say one thing, yeah. Uh, we know that power's been. Me and Chris have been watching power, yeah. Power's been crap since about season four, yeah. yeah. We're on season six now. This is the last season. It's gotten to the point now where 
the writing is just so laughably bad that I just can I can just about stand to watch it because I want to see how it ends. Like yeah. there is a scene yeah where they're trying to break um this woman called Alicia Jimenez out of prison right. Um, uh, what's his face? Um, Ghost, who is at this minute suspect number one for the m- murder of spoiler alert for the man murder of um Angela Valdez. Um, he walks into I don't know how he got into it, but he walks into the courthouse in a disguise inverted commas, which is him in a janitor suit with a cap on. Like you are one of the most watchable people in New York right now. How do you think you can fucking just walk into a courtroom for one of the most um wanted um criminals in probably FBI history and then you think you're just going to walk in there with a fucking disguise with a cap on and just a janitor's costume and no one's going to fucking recognise you like one person recognised him, Dre but everyone was like oh no no you're you're just lying I'm thinking like isn't there fucking cameras in the courthouse I'm like this is just so fucking dumb and like he had no plan to get her out he was just trying to fix a fucking elevator and then he was going to like grab her and then take her where I don't know it was just oh it was oh it was it was so dumb. So what? Why is the writing gone downhill? Have they changed <sighs> runners or what? Maybe I, I want, I'm actually gonna look it up. Maybe because I don't know. It's gotten really bad though. Really, very fucking bad. Oh wow, that's yeah. a shame. It really is. It actually is, you know, because it was actually. And the sun, I, the sun is so jarring. Oh, he's a prick. He's oh, an absolute mate. prick. Fucking man. Isn't he the one who let his sister die or something? Basically, yeah. It's his fault. His sister died. Yeah. Yeah. I do listen, but glad I haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, Doing better than me. <laughs> um, I'm just going to plow my way through Heroes, try and watch Top Boy, try and go to cinema. Maybe yeah. I'll eventually see Fast and Serious, probably not. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. But it'll, be, it'll be Christmas. But, so, can I be bothered to do the sh- usual closing spill? Yes, I can. Thank you for listening <laughs> to episode 92. Uh, we're almost at 100, so we'll have to do something relatively special for that. Man, yeah, what, we're gonna do, what are we going to do for 100? Maybe we'll get Joe back. <laughs> Should we actually? Nah, he's not a fucking bother, is he? <laughs> for 100, though. What's special bringing someone back who's never bothers to come on? Fair point. It'll be better uh, if Ollie comes on because he actually does try. I think then for the 100, you need to, or we need to be all be in the same room for the 100. Yeah, mate. Okay. Well, I'll be we'll back. Something I'll be back for Chris's birthday. So yeah, that gives us six weeks. How, how many episodes have we got till till then? Eight. So maybe we could record it and then release it at a later date. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'll think it's something special. Yeah. If anyone's listening and anyone's got any ideas, tweet us. We're at YC Podcast Seventeen. We're on Facebook, Instagram iTunes, SoundCloud, all of that jazz on Do Average Critic. And uh, see you next week. Peace out. See you.